0: Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossick. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Russell Hanby, my co host for What's Making News. How are you, Russell? I'm well,
1: thanks. And are you well, too?
0: Yeah, I'm well, too, at the moment. It's a very, very dicey week, isn't it, as we <laughs> stare another lockdown in the face?
1: That's right, yes. I mean, we've been watching the northern states and thinking we might have escaped, but it sort of very quickly came after, on uh, say wasn't it, a zero morning, we thought?
0: had a zero Agreed. morning on Wednesday, and then on Thursday, we've had uh, another outbreak, um, which, uh, which came up at the, the college, the, the private school college, Peter 12, um, and uh, it's now, well, it's, uh, we, 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 it's the Delta virus, we seem to be in a bit of a, bit of a problem. I think, I think the thing that everybody's been saying all along is that sooner or later, we're going to always have more and more lockdowns, and we're seeing that, aren't we, Russell?
1: We are, yes. I don't know whether they're, they're always saying 70 or 80% uh, vaccination is the only way to get out of the lockdowns, don't they?
0: Absolutely. Which leads us in. And you didn't have any homework this week, did you?
1: No, no, you left me off oh, last week. Good. So you're fresh
0: as a daisy, ready for a big, a big session. Well, let's see how we go. Right. The first one, private school offers jabs for staff. This is in the uh, age um, during the week, Russell. One of Victoria's biggest private schools will begin vaccinating its staff on campus this week with several others looking to follow suit after the Union for Non-Government School Staff said an unvaccinated workforce, quote, poses an unacceptable risk to the community.
1: Yes, and uh, well, Wesley is going to begin voluntary vaccinations for seven hundred staff members across the three campuses, uh, and apparently the staff had embraced the initiative. It follows the revelation, as we just said, of a teacher at Dal College uh, and other staff members, I think we believe by now testing positive on Wednesday. Uh, currently, staff at the Victoria's 107 specialist schools and, education, and educators of children with disability, they do qualify for a fast-track vaccine. But at, and at Wesley, they're going to give uh, staff aged 40 to 59 and pregnant women uh, the Pfizer, anyone over 60 AstraZeneca, as well as younger people uh, from 18 to 39. So uh, they've sort of got it all worked out. Other private schools, Bacchus Marsh Grammar and Trinity College, they were involved with outbreaks uh, a week ago. And St. Leonard's would like to provide the vaccine as well. And uh, the Australian Principals Federation said that on-site vaccinations would be ideal for all schools. Uh, you'd probably go along with that if you could, would you?
0: Yeah, well, um, yes. What intrigues me, Russell, about this is the disparity and the difference between the systems um, How does Wesley have the capacity to promise its 700 staff vaccination and yet the state government can't do that because they say they haven't got a supply? Now, I know there's more than 700 teachers and staff in government schools, but I don't think it does anything for morale or the optics to have a whole school system in our state and then different rules... Being for whatever reason applied to the different sectors, it um, it uh, it's not good, I think, in terms of engendering uh, trust across those sectors. That you know we're all regarded equally and our health That's is right. regarded equally. I, I do that does from my my perspective beg a belief.
1: It does, yes. Well, um, apparently, according to the age, the, the school, Wesley, was approached with three leftover COVID 19 vaccines by an unnamed vaccine provider that apparently administers the school's annual flu shots and owns and operates GP clinics. So it looks like it's a private provider has approached the school yeah. and said, Do you want them? You know?
0: Well, see, again, and. Whatever the the devil in the detail is, Russell, it creates that optic view of our privilege. Now, they're one of the highest fee-paying schools in the state. What it looks like, and it's not a good look, is that if you work in the private system as a teacher, you've got privileged access to an important uh, drug, uh, vaccine, I should say, um, that if you're in the state system... There's limited access to. Now, uh, we've always had this debate on lots of levels about the difference between the public and private system, and I I, I work in the public system, but I do think it should be a level playing field for everyone.
1: That's yeah, well, actually. you think so. Particularly you know, when it's a health effect, and this pandemic's affecting everybody, all colours, creeds and everything, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, and,
0: and, 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 and the Delta variant, is different to the kappa variant. This has changed the the landscape. Last year, when the kappa one was around, it was fairly well um, believed that children were less likely to get it and less likely, therefore, to spread it. Um, and there was there was there was it was a, it was a fairly sound argument up to a point. Of course, we felt that we were essential workers, but then everybody does. Um, but this year, with the delta variant, which Younger people are far more prone to catching. Schools, schools honestly, they are hothouses with kids in classrooms for hours on end, and the young ones don't wear masks. Um, and if you've got a whole lot of people in a closed environment, not social distancing, even with masks for hours on end, um, that's got to increase the risk of spreading it.
1: That's you know, right, and, and, we, and
0: the staff and the students, I know there's other things to do with whether students can be vaccinated and that's got to do with the safety of it, but certainly why can't all staff just be provided with a vaccine?
1: Well, and, it makes sense, particularly if they the first thing they scream about in lockdowns is, oh, I'll get the kids back to school, make sure they're the priority, and, and then yeah, they don't... And then you think, well, and, uh, and of course, this year in particular, we found that schools are becoming often the start of the uh, uh, new pandemic. It's, it's, outbursts.
0: Yeah, it's it's more so than it has been last year. That's the case. And of course, if a teacher catches it or a student catches it, but we're talking here about inoculating teachers, that side of it, well, then the whole school gets closed down and they're not. They're back to remote learning at home anyway. I mean, from that that angle, there's no value in it. But, you know, the earlier point, you know, um, fair enough, I, I believe my Premier, if he says there's not enough doses around, I believe him. But the fact is, how then can private schools have some yeah. sort of... Access, access, access yeah, to the uh, so-called
1: and, surplus of supply. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah. got
0: surpluses for them, and we've got deficiencies for us. And, and, and as I said, there may well be really good reasons for that. But by God, it's a bad look. That's, it is. Isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, and, I don't want I, I to keep no. ranting on about it, Russell.
1: <laughs> have, you, have you got any teachers who are a bit uh, scared? Not scared, but uh, wary of, you know, they must be a bit... Uh, at the back of their mind, every time they go to school these days. Yeah,
0: look, look, it's I'm not I'm not telling tales out of out of school here, Russell. Um, but teachers, as a as a cohort, predominantly are very anxious about coming to work unvaccinated. Now there are, like across the population, some staff at I'd say most schools who have reservations about being vaccinated. Now that's their right to be hesitant about it but there's a lot of others who would like to be vaccinated and can't <laughs> and, it's, yeah, and that's uh and as they as as all our leaders say and i believe all our leaders the sooner we get to 80 percent vaccination that's all based on medical advice the sooner we get to that the sooner we can all breathe a little easier and we won't have to do so much remote learning or lockdowns or whatever and um Uh, Of course, there's other issues involved in that too, isn't there? We could go on and on. But it is interesting that some private schools have um, been able to procure vaccines for all their staff or as many as they want and um, the state system's not able to do so
1: no i think uh, it's not the issue that uh, the, the staff being offer i think everyone wants to Every, all schools would like that uh, almost privilege wouldn't the they option, be able to, yeah. the, the option a, yeah. the option
0: that if you want it you can have it um moving on russell we don't want to be bogged down in that even though <laughs> it's a very very important issue on a different note
1: Yes, uh, Coup de Grasse. This is from the Herald Sun. Uh, They make up interesting headlines, these sub-editors, don't they? It's a
0: ripper, that one. Coup de Grasse. Yeah,
1: eh? (laughs) Yeah, de Grasse. The upstart sprinter who famously stared across at the great Hussein Hussein Bolt Bolt at the Rio Olympics finally gets his gold medal, and that's Canadian Andre de Grasse. He won the 200-metre gold the other day, and uh, his rival, American sprinter Erion Knight, was left in the fourth place. In in fact, uh, he uh, came up from the lane six and he crossed over and he won in, six, in 19.62 seconds. So he could be arguably uh, the next Usain Bolt, couldn't he?
0: Yes, and uh, he's been there himself. It's not your turn yet, mate, to the 17-year-old wonder kid <laughs> who faded to finish fourth. And yeah. um, and Andre de Grasse, I like the language, he smoked a hot field in the 200 meter <laughs> final at the Tokyo Games the other night. Um, yes, he had to wait his turn when the sun was shining on Usain Bolt in that event all those years ago, and uh, I'm sure that 17-year-old will learn a lot from this event, and uh, presumably his time will come too, Russell.
1: Yes, and I suppose you've been watching what you can at the Olympics, uh, have you? Yeah, I've been checking in that?
0: when I can, and it's uh, it's always an amazing event. And, I, I, and it's I, come I, at the...
1: Uh... Right time for a bit of a um, an outlet for everyone. Yeah, you know. and, and
0: look, you've got to give credit. I mean, I was very sceptical about whether it could or would go ahead. And, uh, and it certainly met those challenges logistically in a way that's certainly given me, and I think a lot of other people, a welcome distraction from, you know, the woes and the worries and the fears of the pandemic that are still... Um, hovering all around us, if not if not catching up with us as it appears to be doing across our country. Will you take a yeah, short break, right. Russ? Can you hold the line?
1: Yes, certainly.
0: Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Glossek, and I'm in a discussion on what's making news with co-host Russell Handy. Welcome back, Russ. Thanks, Henry. Where'd you go on the break?
1: Oh, I just sat around here, looked through me papers. It wasn't... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Didn't get time to do much. We don't have a long break, do we?
1: No, but uh, just enough to to take breath, I suppose, and be ready for the next uh, couple of items. And
0: the next item is from the Herald Sun also this week, Russell. AstraZeneca rollout to step up a gear that's really good news victorians under 60 could be able to walk up and get the astrazeneca at mass vaccination hubs in coming weeks the state's deputy secretary of covid 19 vaccinations naomi bromley revealed there was an active consideration given to expand access to the vaccine which isn't presently hampered by uh, supply constraints so that's good news uh, yes yeah, available
1: That's right, and I think uh, people are becoming more, and the health advice is for the people when they see their GP to check. Younger people are encouraged now to have AstraZeneca rather than wait, Uh, and uh, that's been the advice in New South Wales as well. Uh, Meanwhile, there are 60,000 Pfizer appointments uh, to be made at state-run vaccine uh, centres in the coming month, Uh, so they'll be trotting that out as well. They're also likely to give uh, drive-through sites, pop-up clinics and uh, more of the access. I think that's been the problem. People have found they can't get an appointment too quickly sometimes. And the current wait time between Pfizer shots has gone a bit longer, for four to six weeks. That's to make sure there's a good supply for first vaccinations of Pfizer, isn't it?
0: Yes, yes. Um, of course, AstraZeneca, and it's, we'll do rehash ground, it's ground, um, its take-up has really suffered by some conflicting and confusing and um, alarming advice received over the last few months. It's really damaged the reputation um, of AstraZeneca, and yet AstraZeneca is still much better than being unvaccinated, isn't it? Or waiting for Pfizer, which we we had more of. Well, I heard
1: both Pfizer and Astrazeneca give you high ninety percent that you won't go to hospital or won't become ill if you get it. So, uh, they're both very uh, good at that. Efficacious is the word of the day, isn't it? That's that?
0: right. And from some some research that came out of I think um, Israel on the 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 efficaciousness. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's a mouthful of a word, and sometimes we avoid those because it's easy to muck them up. The efficaciousness of AstraZeneca against uh, with with the Delta variant, according to that body of research, is actually um, stronger than um, Pfizer, which muddies the waters on you know the desirability or otherwise of waiting for Pfizer versus AstraZeneca. There's a a lot of issues in that debate that yes. uh, run counter to each other, some
1: of them. Yeah, you hear different things each day, don't you? I did hear one story that perhaps when we get the boosters, which we may need you know, once a year, it may be part of a cocktail for the flu vac, so you just get one for both sort of thing, you know. Uh, it's amazing what they can come up with.
0: Yes, of course, let's just worry about one thing at a time. <laughs> let's, let's get 80% of the population. Yeah, <laughs> that's 80? amazing. Uh, uh, r- uh, rather uh, what's that than saying? Uh, aim for the stars and <laughs> land on the moon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't fall short or shoot past while I'm mixing up my metaphors. Um, yeah. mo- moving on, Russell.
1: By the way, the first time I heard the word efficacious was there was a song in the sixties with it in. Do you know what it is? The
0: efficacious, word efficacious. What? Um, ex-
1: Lily, Lily, Lily the Pink.
0: Lily the remember? Pink. Yeah, remember
1: that's the song. I do song remember that has the effi- song. Lily yeah. the
0: Pink.
1: It's got the. Some what about ointment. that
0: extra alloc... What is that one? I don't oh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. That's another one of those words. Although that's not really a word. No. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious.
1: That's right, from Mary Poppins.
0: Sp- now, there you go. Can you spell it? But I'm not going to give you this homework. It'd be too easy. Just look it up. But it's a, it's a, <laughs> a ripper of a word to, sp- to spell off the top of your head, isn't it? I could yeah, do it. it. Could you do it? No,
1: no. I haven't Supercalif- got a pen to even try. So. It, 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 you'd you'd
0: like to hope it was completely and utterly phonetic.
1: Yes, because yes. the Australian super, super the English language breaks,
0: yes. is not phonetic entirely, which um, which opens up other debates, doesn't it, on how we should teach English?
1: Mm, it uh, is, yeah,
0: a, 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 a language that breaks as many rules on its on its structure and uh, the way we speak it uh, as to as as any language, and uh, then it's not easy to teach a language like that, is it?
1: No. And imagine English would be one of the hardest languages. You know, we've talked about this before, the oh, different pronunciations, yes. all well, the O-U-G-H pronunciations and stuff. We've done yes. that. Haven't we? yeah.
0: Oh, we've done that one, yes. And uh, I think sometimes, look, we'd love to have everybody 100% literate as quickly as possible, but um, the debate about whether we're doing it as well as we can, I think sometimes gets mired into the political debate of the whole language versus um, the phonetic approach. And in my opinion, and it's the wrong argument. It's that we don't do, we haven't done the whole language approach as well as we could. And there's a role for both, actually. But that's another argument for another day, isn't it, Russell? One we've been, yeah, it's right. we, we've indulged well, we, ourselves in. We better get on with
1: our last yeah, item Yeah, your here. last item, which from is the your item. Yeah, redress win for stolen generation from the age. Survivors of the Stolen Generation in the Northern Territory and ACT will get up to $75,000 each for the suffering inflicted on them by forcibly removing them from their families after the federal government reversed its opposition to a compensation scheme. And it's uh, the centrepiece of the government's uh, new $1.1 billion closing the gap implementation plan. And the Minister for Indigenous Australians, uh, Ken Wyatt, Uh, said that the 378.6 million dollar fund would run for four years from next march Uh, it's open to aboriginal and torres islanders who were taken by government church or welfare groups and it's for their living survivors or the living survivors who were removed as children from their families and includes a one-off payment to recognize the harm of forced uh, remand Uh, so um, it follows a Two decades, they They did bring out a bringing them home report and nothing much happened. Uh, It recommended compensation. Individually, many of the states have done a bit of this, but the Commonwealth Government has held out until now and they're actually responsible for paying compensation to people in the Northern Territory and ACT. And other uh, initiatives are to try to raise life expectancy, improve education outcomes and uh, preserve at-risk languages of those uh, people.
0: It's a a good move and the Arente and Gurdanji woman, Pat Turner, lead convener of the Coalition of Peaks, said, uh, quote, the Prime Minister is beginning to overturn some significant legacy issues and some chronic underfunding of vital services for our peoples. Not everything will be covered, but this is the furthest attempt and I think they've done pretty well. So it's it's not the be all and end all, but it is a welcome move and I'm sure our... um, Our First Nations people um, uh, are breathing uh, and smiling a little more than they have been for a long, long time, insofar as that sort of recognition. The last item, Russell.
1: The odd spot, yes. A German man who secretly kept a 44-ton World War II Nazi tank in his basement for more than 30 years has been fined $80,000, given a 14-month suspended uh, term and ordered to pay $320,000 to charity. The 84-year-old, who breached war weapons laws, also had an anti-aircraft gun, a torpedo, a mortar and 70 assault rifles in his basement in North Germany, claiming they were memorabilia. At the time of the tank find, the local mayor was unsurprised. He was chugging around in that thing during the, the snow disaster <laughs> in 1978, he said.
0: <laughs> I, 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 why didn't he get arrested then? I don't know. There's your homework. I knew it. You walked straight into it. I mean, why, why didn't he get arrested in 78? Maybe it was because he was using the tank for good purpose. I have no he idea.
1: Might, I don't know. Maybe it was clearing snow or something with it. Was, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> there you go. You've got homework for Nick. I reckon that one will sort you out.
1: No, well, I think that'll take longer. That'll take
0: get... longer. Oh, well, we, mm. you can, you can, as long as you got it by Christmas. Oh, well, we'll have a thing with that. <laughs> oh, okay, that's a good one. Why didn't he get arrested in 78 if they – I mean, it would have been illegal then, surely.
1: Yeah, well, maybe he was uh, prosecuted. We don't know. I'll find out if I can. Well, he
0: didn't get well, – he had an arsenal and a half in there, didn't he?
1: Yes, it, right, a whole <laughs> <a> treasure trove.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. All right, Russell. Well, um, we'll call that quits for today, and you take care of yourself. In as the as the um, as the the dark cloud of the pandemic seems to be hovering around, um, unfortunately, our state again.
1: All right, the same to you, and uh, we'll catch up next time.
0: We will. That was Russell Hanby. What's making news, listeners? And I, we do hope that you have a great weekend and uh, steer clear and stay safe you <music>